0: Well, hello and welcome to Voice of the Parrot. I'm your host, Shasta Ray, and I am a day late this week. I apologize for that. I was feeling under the weather yesterday, and I'm still not quite back up to 100% today, so this might be a little bit short, but I do think I have some good material, and it was inspired by Murray. So, what do I got tonight? I've got Murray and his hormones, and what it's doing to some of his behavior, and how I'm addressing it. And I'm very well aware that sometimes we don't address bad behaviors like we should, and it causes more bad behaviors. So, we're going to touch on that. Now, really quick, I wanted to give you an update. I am starting to get some new products in the Etsy store, and they're fun. So, if you're a computer nerd like me, or you do computer stuff for a living, or whatever your situation is, I am starting to put out some desk mats that are kind of like a gigantic a mouse pad and then also since Murray likes to destroy my mouse pad that I enjoy so much I am going to start making mouse pads in his honor that are a little bit less attractive to birds the one I have is a plastic one so I think that's why he likes it he likes to crunch on the plastic and I always have to hide it from him anyway I have found that I have access to some really amazing products I'm also going to be dabbling in phone cases so Be sure to check out the Etsy store, and that is voiceoftheparrot.etsy.com. And don't forget to use promo code parrot20. That's P-A-R-R-O-T 20. And that will give you 20% off of your entire purchase, as well as you'll get free shipping on all orders totaling over $35. So it's a great way to support the show and it helps me continue to be able to take the time to put these episodes out. There's actually a lot of expense and time that goes into even short episodes weekly. So every little bit helps. And here again, I thank you in advance. So what are we talking about with Murray? He's just the sweetest little baby bird, right? Well, he's almost a year old. He'll be a year old next month, mid-March. And those hormones have been starting to fluctuate for a couple of months now, but they're really kind of in full swing. And I have to really watch what triggers him. I'm not sure everything that triggers him, but usually it's any kind of corner or enclosed spot that makes him feel kind of nesty, I guess. And he's also triggered by little things that kind of look the same shape as an egg, uh, same size and shape as a cockatiel egg so I call him his dollies, (laughs) he will find a little bead or something on a toy and think it's an egg and try to nurture it, so I have to try to eliminate all of these triggers, and he does pretty good most of the time, but another behavior I've noticed is he does get a little bit jealous, not horribly so, but yesterday I did have a phone call that was a little bit on the extended side, I have an old family friend that I've known since childhood, and we rarely get to talk. So I was on the phone for a little bit, and that bird was just screaming bloody murder. Oh my gosh, I thought he was hurt. So I went scooting on into the kitchen. No, no, no. He He found a spot that was kind of like a corner. And for whatever reason, I had these little clear, small glass dishes and they were. I was trying to decide whether I was going to keep them or donate them, and I had them set aside, and for whatever reason, it triggered him. Now, I don't know why that would have, but he was guarding those things like crazy, and he was walking on them, and they were kind of making a clinking noise, and I think he was amused by it, but for whatever reason, he was triggered, and he thought that was his little nest, for lack of a better term, I guess. And if I even got close... He would start attacking me. One time he flew over and landed on my hand and bit me. And oh my gosh, he was just out of control. Now I didn't do anything except tell him no. And then I put him on a different perch, but he could still see me. This was a little bit later. And he has a window perch. So I went to remove these little dishes and kind of rearrange that area so it was less cockatiel friendly or whatever you want to call that. And As soon as he saw me touch one of those dishes, he was flying over, screaming at me again, and trying to attack me. And he meant to bite. (laughs) I didn't get bitten, like, ouch bitten. But he wanted to bite me. So I had a couple of kind of plastic canisters I keep things in, and I kind of moved those around. And so he started trying to peck at those, and he thought those were a threat. And I distracted him long enough to move those dishes. So I don't know why he was triggering on those dishes. But it made me think that a lot of times people get a bird and they really don't know how to discipline bad behavior. And as I said all along, I am still learning every day and I always try to take in as much information as I can. I pay attention to advices I find or websites or whatever, but I'm not an expert. So I'm going to invite anyone out there that hears this episode. If you want to write in, and that would be voiceoftheparrot at com, and tell me any advice you may have for the listener base or personal experiences that have worked well for you, I would welcome any kind of advice or stories or anecdotes you want to contribute. So anyway, what I do with Murray, and he is very, 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 very bonded with me, but if he engages in a behavior that I'm not real crazy about, sometimes he might get a stern No, out of me, or I'll just walk away from him. And he hates that. He does not like that. But when you walk away from them, you're not reacting. You're not letting your emotions amp up and get the best of you. And you're not showing that sort of a thing. So you're not behaving inappropriately back at your bird to cause more aggression or more bad behaviors. Keep in mind, these little creatures are very, very, very smart, but they're not human. So their brains process information a little bit differently, and if you engage in something that I would call a traditional correction that someone may have done back in the 1950s or something when, you know, you train your dog and back then it was a brute force to teach him a lesson, hit him with a newspaper, that sort of a thing, thump him, smack him, Don't do any of that. Don't ever hit your bird. Don't thump your bird. Don't do anything that's a concept of inflicting an unpleasant sensation to stop them, anything like that. It will backfire on you. You're either going to lose their trust or they will start wanting to get aggressive towards you or something, but you're going to lose your bond eventually if you engage in that. So what's better is if you're bonded with your bird, think of it this way. If you've ever seen a couple of different birds preening each other and, you know, preening their feathers together and helping each other that way, every now and then one of the birds is going to hit a pin feather on the other bird and you'll hear one of them squawk like ouch. So if, if you have a bird that's maybe getting nippy and it's not being aggressive to you, but it's getting a little bit more mouthy than you like and it's putting more pressure with its beak you can kind of let out a little bit of a squeak or a yipe that would be kind of similar to a noise they might make in a situation like that. And you don't have to react much more than that. It's just kind of a signal to them that they're able to process usually pretty easily like, oh, I hit a tender spot, I shouldn't do that. So that can work, but try not to react harshly. Never yell at your bird either. If your bird is really bonded with you very, very tightly, It wants to be with you, and the last thing it wants you to do is not be with it. So, if you just say no and walk away, sometimes that's all you need to do to start getting your point across. Another option, just depending on the behavior it might be engaging in, is for instance, if it's being aggressive like Murray was with hormones and perceived nest type situations or whatever was going through his little cockatiel brain yesterday. Try removing whatever it is that's triggering it. If it's like a box or a little enclosed area that would be similar to a nest situation, they are going to defend that and they won't care how bonded they are. If they think that that's their nest, they will try to chase you off and they will bite you (laughs) in order to do it. So remove all temptations of that sort. It will trigger them. It will trigger these nasty little behaviors in them, especially if they're. Going through puberty like that little guy is. Oh my gosh, he's crazy sometimes. I have a little cubby on my desk that I had to block with cardboard because he was viewing that as a nest. I had to make sure he couldn't get behind my computer monitor because he thought that was a nest. And so sometimes you have to get a little bit creative and just do some rearranging and make sure that play areas and Places they want to be when they're hanging out with you don't turn into a disaster type behavior situation. So sometimes you have to do a little give and take, and you may have to rearrange stuff that's not as crazy to you, you know, about it, but it's going to keep the harmony and it's going to keep those hormones a little bit lower. If you've got a bird that's kind of nippy, like conyers tend to get real nippy. And it's not that they're being aggressive or trying to bite to hurt you, but they kind of like experimenting with skin. I have found that Murray likes to bite my skin sometimes, and all I think he's doing is trying to groom me. I think he's trying to preen my feathers that I don't have, and he might find a little freckle or a mole, or if I've had a a scrape or cut on my hand or something, or a dry cuticle, he will try to correct that for me in his own little birdie mind. And sometimes they put a little bit more pressure than they mean to. They don't mean to hurt you in those cases, or sometimes they might just be playful and getting ornery and treating your hand like a toy. So that's when you might want to kind of do a little imitation squawk, Don't put too much drama on the situation. You're just going to be giving them the signal like, ouch, that hurt. And you can tell them no and be a little stern and use a voice that you don't normally use with them. Here again, you don't need to yell, but reserve your no voice for when you mean business. And then you can just walk away and turn your head, don't look at them and leave the room. And a lot of times that will kind of be like, whoa, what did I do? I don't want mom or dad to leave the room and leave me again. And they get the message pretty quick, but you might have to work with them a little bit on that. And one example that I'm going to give for the big, big, big birds, and I'm not well versed on macaws or anything, but there was someone in a group recently that talked about a macaw that they had rescued a year or two ago. And they've only gotten bit twice by it so far. (laughs) But it had no trust for humans. It had been in a very abusive situation where a very old gentleman who may or may not have had cognitive problems maybe he was getting dementia or raised in that time frame where you exercise brute force on an animal to teach it a lesson or whatever his reason was that he thought he needed to do it he was trying to deal with the bird by chasing it and hitting it with a broom and doing stuff like that when it would do things he didn't want it to do. And this bird was getting very, very, very aggressive towards humans to the point it actually severed somebody's finger completely off. I'm not sure whose finger it severed, if it was someone at a rescue that was working with it, or if it was the man that owned it, or a family member. Not really sure on the details on that. But that's how aggressive that bird was getting, and how far it had gotten out of control with that situation. And the gentleman that owned it, obviously, had no idea what he was doing with this bird. So it's not good. The bigger the bird, the more aggression and destruction you're going to have if it decides to defend itself against you. And then once you lose that bird's trust, they can hold a grudge for a very long time. They may never regain that trust for you again. Even if you employ like a behavior specialist or something like that, if you have already ruined your relationship with that bird to that degree, you're in a you're in a big problem situation then. And that's when birds get shoved in cages, they're not let out, they're treated poorly, they're not cared for properly. It just goes in a really bad downward spiral. And that's not fair to the bird. Like I said, these are wild animals that we are keeping in our houses. And we have to work with their mentality. It's not about what we think. It's about what works for their brains. So try to get a little creative about it. Keep the peace and learn how to train your bird. There are tons of resources out there online. There are forums with people out there that are more experienced. A lot of times you can call a rescue or find maybe a behavior expert that you can consult. That would be ideal. Then they can help you with that mentality and how to approach it properly. There's all kinds of ways to address bad behavior issues with your birds. But here again, the things you never want to do, never get physical with it, never try to punish it by physical means. Don't yell at it. Don't scream at it. Don't do any of that stuff that you're not going to get anywhere and you'll just damage your bond that you have with it. Another thing you don't want to do if you get bit is do not allow your reaction or your emotional reaction to escalate due to that. Do not take it personally. It could be that that bird was showing some definite body language to you that you just weren't picking up on. And that's another thing that is very beneficial to learn, and the bigger the bird the more important it is to understand its body language and what signals it's giving you when it's agitated. That's how you're going to eliminate bites before they happen is respect its body language and respect its space. That's where it's very important for you to get to know your bird, understand it, and don't get a bird that you're not experienced enough to be taking on. That's not fair to you. It's not fair to anyone in your household, nor is it fair to the bird. It will not end well in many cases. So I hope that provides a little bit of food for thought. Make sure you always do your research, do your self-education on these topics, and have a happy relationship with your bird. Another reason people tend to get very agitated at their birds is their destructive nature back to the Conyers that tend to get nippy. Sometimes they get nippy just because they're kind of bored and they want something to do. I saw another video very recently of somebody talking about do not get a macaw. You will never want a macaw. They are terrible pets. This and that. We love our bird, but they're terrible pets and look how destructive they are and their house was in shambles, like it had eaten their walls, it had eaten doorways, it had eaten all kinds of electronic equipment, all that, but never in any of their videos have I ever seen any toys for that bird. They need to chew, so sometimes our perceptions are that they're being terrible little monsters, and they're just destroying everything they can, but we've never really taught them to play with toys or provided them the right things that they need to chew. And the bigger the bird, the more they need to chew and the bigger toys they need to chew. Go on YouTube and look for videos for macaws chewing wood. And there are plenty of videos out there where people provide this huge branch or a two by four in some cases. And those birds can just shred those like toothpicks. They will make short work of tearing up a piece of board. It is incredible the power they have in their beaks, and they need to do this. So make sure that if you're getting a bird, you are fully prepared on that particular species and its particular needs to keep its head balanced and happy. They need toys to shred. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I do believe in the recent few years that I've been doing bird research that it's been emphasized more and more and more, and I think there's a lot more people out there trying to get that point across, but I had never even heard of that a long time ago, and I know other people that have had birds, and I never saw much in the way of toys for them. They would complain that the bird would destroy stuff, but you never saw them buying toys for the bird or the mentality was, well, I'm I'm just tired of buying toys. They just tear them up anyway. That's the point. That's why you buy them the toys. So stay happy, stay harmonious with your animals, and learn how to coexist with them properly. Do not react to them in the wrong ways. Do not have that knee-jerk reaction to thump them back or Uh, distract them by giving them a thump or a newspaper or any of those unpleasant things. I've even read about using the cage as a punishment so the bird does something, you go put it in its cage. That sends a bad signal and it kind of scrambles what you're trying to do. You as the human perceive it as they're getting a time out, like maybe you would send your child to their bedroom for 10 minutes or something the bird isn't going to perceive it the same way and it can cause more behavior problems because you're not understanding the animal that you're dealing with. So it's very, very important to do all the homework you can, talk to people that are more advanced in their knowledge than you are, and then if you're out on the Facebook groups and stuff like that, and you're posting questions, make sure that the advice that you take from others is sound advice because you don't know if the people posting on your questions have proper knowledge or are giving you the best advice for your situation. So make sure you take everything with a grain of salt and back yourself up with more knowledge. It's it's a labor of love and you should always be learning and you should always have a passion to learn about your animals too. When it comes to little tiny birds like finches and canaries and budgies for that matter, you know, forego any kind of mentality on correcting bad behavior. They're just not big enough to really get angry at or try to consider them a problem. Budgies are so easy to just keep them happy through toys and greens and food and change up their environment and give them new toys and rotate their toys they're really not a problem it's the the bigger the bird and the stronger the beak and the more they have the need to chew and all that that's where us humans kind of tend to get in trouble as i see it so learn all you can and spend time with your bird one of your best 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 options for any kind of discipline here again is have a really strong bond with that bird. And then all you got to do is give them a good stern no, set them down, and walk away. Don't react. Don't thump them. Don't do anything that would cause an unpleasant sensation. You're not going to use any kind of brute force. It won't work. So get creative and get, get that bond going. Learn your bird. Play with your bird. Spend time with your bird. Make sure it's not bored. And make sure that it's being fed properly and its diet is right on point. The more you have good nutrition in your bird also, the better it is to work with them. Because then when you start training, when you try to teach them tricks or anything like that, if they're on a really good healthy diet, then that means that you've got a good reward that you can use when they do the behavior you're trying to teach it when they engage in the behaviors that you do want, you can give them a reward. And clicker training is one of the best ways to teach them back to their intelligence levels. Another thing that's going to alleviate bad behavior is to learn how to teach them tricks and learn how to teach them to play and do different things. And so even if it's teaching them recall, so they fly to you on command. Teaching them, I talked about potty training where you can give them tons and tons of praise, but don't reward them with a a food treat when you're teaching them potty training. But they love the praise and the attention. So once they learn something, they'll do it again for the attention. You can teach them to wave, you can teach them to go fetch a little ball or a little toy of some sort. Everyone has seen all kinds of stuff that lovebirds can do. Oh my gosh, those little birds are crazy levels of smart. You can teach them how to do a little spin around on their perch and shake hands or wave at you with their foot, all kinds of stuff. And the more you learn proper training techniques, that alleviates boredom for them. Now, don't take that as a huge chore to engage in because they do have kind of a shortened attention span. And depending on the type of bird, you're really not going to want to do training sessions more than a few minutes to maybe 10 minutes for the real big guys and they'll kind of get their fill and they'll kind of be done at some point in time. They'll kind of zone out. They don't want to learn anymore. So keep your training sessions short and exciting and happy and intriguing to the bird. The more you engage with them that way, the less behavior problems you're going to probably have. And then last but not least, make sure that you're not putting such high or unrealistic expectations on your bird that it goes outside of what they're capable of, or doesn't really encompass the kind of animal they are. A lot of people out there, and this doesn't apply to everyone, and it probably applies to more people that just aren't going to be listening to this podcast anyway, but I've known people that will get an animal of some sort, and they expect it to think like a human being and have our kind of reasoning, and have our kind of logic. And they're just not going to. They're not humans. Their brains are wired totally different than ours. And that's part of the joy of keeping them, is our differences. If they had brains like ours, they would be people. We keep them because they're not people. But the thing that confuses us is the fact that all of the best animals to keep as pets are typically social type beings dogs are pack animals birds are flock animals that sort of thing so they really do well with their social stuff and they intermix with us we tend to think that because there's some similarities that we have in common that they think like us and they don't they are not humans so do not put human logic and do not put human expectations especially on a wild animal that you are keeping in captivity these social animals learn what amuses us and gets a positive response out of us. And they just learn to alter their behavior to get what they want, which is attention and bonding and time with you. So that's why they seem to kind of be like us on many levels. But just please don't kid yourself and understand that they have their own beauty and their own uniqueness. And it's a It should be an ongoing labor of love here again. So never stop learning and never stop playing with your birds. I hope this has been fun for you. It's been humorous for me, except for the poor unknown person that lost a finger a couple years ago due to an angry macaw. That sucks. Don't go there. Don't bring your bird into that kind of level of frustration with distrust. It's not good for anyone. And it's it's probably most stressful for the bird, believe it or not. They rely on us for everything. So keep them happy. Keep them healthy and do the right thing. Learn your animals and be their best friend. You will not fail if you do that. All right. I think that's all I got for you this week. Have a great one, everyone. And we will catch you next week. Bye-bye.